The content of this podcast, Swinging It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. It is to be known that investment strategies discussed in this podcast may not be suitable for everyone. It is up to you to do your own research and make your own financial decisions. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Based on your financial situation, you must be aware of risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Just swinging a podcast, a stock and market talk podcast designed for stock hobbyists, as well as people who just are trading stocks on the side and beginners or people who are looking to dip their toe in the water, but aren't quite sure about the stock jargon and all the complicated inner workings of the stock market. If you're a veteran stock trader, I can promise you, you probably won't learn a damn thing from this podcast, but hey, stick around. There'll be plenty of good laughs while you listen to two dumbasses from west virginia trying to explain the complicated stock market speaking of dumbasses i'm joined here by john burrell how's, how's it going down there john is it's it pretty hot as hell in north carolina yeah it is it's it's pretty damn hot it's uh, today was a scorcher i had to change the brakes on one of the cars and i'm probably sunburned i'm here in blacksburg virginia and it's been raining for about three weeks until today so we've had a pretty good weekend but Experience-wise, John's probably been trading stocks for about two to three years now. I've only been trading for about eight months. So we're just regular folks um, swing trading the stock market, trying to make some extra cash on the side. So unlike other stock market podcasts, there won't be a lot of complicated jargon to listen to. You should be able to understand what we're talking about pretty clearly, especially if you keep listening as we teach you some things down the road. So a little backstory on how the podcast began like I said, John's been tra- um, trading stocks for a couple of years, and I've only been trading for a few months. We have been discussing stocks back and forth for a while now. Almost every time I talked to John, he was like, hey, you need to get on Robinhood. You need to do this. Eventually, I did. So we, we've been trading stocks. Both of us have been successfully trading stocks, self-taught. I mean, we didn't have any um, formal training. So if we can do it, Y'all can definitely do it. And the other day I was looking for some podcasts or something to listen to. And basically when you do that and look for stock podcasts, you find one of two different podcast types. The first one is ones that if you're a beginner, you definitely cannot understand. It's very complicated. You have no clue what they're talking about. And it's just 40 minutes of you getting about three or four things out of them. The second is people talking about stocks for about an hour. 
that are, and they're very boring. They have zero personality, zero anything, just the boringest thing you can talk about. We're talking like Harvard MBA type people talking about stocks. This is not what you're going to get here. We're going to try to add some humor into it. And I know I have a personality and when me and John get together, things can get a little wild. So I mentioned to John that there wasn't many podcasts about um, stocks for regular folks. And he was like, well, hell, I got all the equipment. Let's do one. Yeah. This was Thursday. I was texting John back. When should we start? I was thinking probably in June. I just bought a house. I have a whole office set up. Great setup, new stuff. Move out of this one bedroom apartment into this big house. But before I could text John back that we should start in June, he texted me back and was like, let's do one Friday night. And I was like, definitely cannot do one Friday night but let's do it Sunday. So we're just winging it out here. Hence the name. If you haven't picked that up yet, swinging it, that's a play on words between swinging, swing, like swing trading, which is mostly what we're doing here. And if you don't understand what that means, come back Friday because we'll be discussing that. And then the old country saying winging it where you basically do stuff with zero preparation and um, just wing it, just do it which is what you're going to get with this podcast as well as kind of how we start in the stock market. John, you got anything else to add to that before we start? Not really. Just uh, just excited to be doing this. I think people are going to get a lot of value out of this. We're going to be discussing some things for most people that they can understand. And it's not going to be a lot of jargon, as you said. And yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're, let's go into our first segment. And this is Stop Jargon with John. And this is a segment where John is going to try to teach myself and all you other regular folks out there something about the stock market. We'll be doing one thing per episode and keeping it pretty simple. So this week, the question I have for John is what's a stock and why people buy and sell them? So let me go ahead and get my note listening eyes on. All right, John, teach me some. All right, so a stock is basically ownership of a company and as many shares as a company is willing to give out or to public, you know, it's like a initial public offering of the amount of, uh, of the amount of stock that they're going to issue. So if a company needs to raise a million dollars, they'll issue a million dollars worth of their equity and they'll sell those on the market. Uh, and, and so basically you own a portion of the company. And the reason that you would do that is so that you can grow your income with the company as they grow. Yeah, and I think other people, also you, you might hear people investing in stock for retirement purposes, um, for a long-term investment. Um, just it's a place to hold your money. You might have a grandpa who once told you he has got a bunch of um, coins buried out in the field and he'll tell you where it's at when he dies. That's because old people, they, you got to split up where your money's at. They might have three or four different holes of change. Nowadays, a lot of people, they don't want to put all their money in a bank because if something happens at bank, even though there's FDIC protections, you never know. So if you put some of your money in the bank, in a savings, some in a checkings account, you have some in investments, you, you're diversifying your money and you're also making your money work for you. So instead of it sitting in a savings account, just whatever, if you have a thousand dollars in the savings, 
you're, you don't really get any return on that. But if you put that in a stock market, as a company grows, you might be able to turn that into $1,500 or $2,000. It's not just sitting there. Yeah, and there's different types of, uh, of issuing of stock as well. There's preferred shares of stock where you actually are more of an owner and you get like some uh, say in the business. And then there's also like the common stock is what most of us will own is uh, shares where we don't really get any say, but we do own a portion of the company. It's basically just a claim on a portion of the company and its equity. Yeah, and a lot of companies, um, with, even with the common shares, if you really, really wanted to, which I don't think a lot of people get involved in, a lot of companies allow you to get a vote at their annual meeting. You can sign in and do it remotely, but... I don't think most people really fool with that unless you, you know, invest 200 grand in a company having $50 worth don't really, don't really get you much. Yeah. And, and some of those too, you have to have a certain amount of shares before you can um, do that with common stock. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's that, I think most of us are, are just kind of going to invest in something and be along for the ride more than we're going to have any, say or anything in the company yeah basically you're just trying to make money off their business performance basically and that was stop jargon with john so now let's get into the show john how how was the market last week so the market we ended up down about two percent um it was pretty choppy really i mean they was we started off the week um back and forth and then uh, the chairman uh, of the federal reserve came out jerome powell and he said some things that the market didn't like kind of fell sharply and then we kind of recovered uh towards the end of the week um it was some good trading i mean there was enough back and forth to where if you wanted to make some money on the up end, you know, things going up, you could. If things were going down, you wanted to short some things, you could do that as well. So it, it was some really good back and forth trading. Um, the S&P, um, once again, it, it was down about 2% um, by the end of the week. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to share this here real quick. So there is the graph here from uh, Yahoo Finance of the stock of the S&P 500 last week, which is 500 of the biggest companies in the United States, just for people that don't know. And that's what his chart looked like this week. And if you scroll over the current dot from the starting position to the uh, current dot where my cursor is, it'll show you uh, percent change, negative uh, 2.29%. So yeah, it was, uh, it was some back and forth in there, uh, down and then up as the week progressed. So really good trading. I know uh, uh, Chris and I were having some conversations midweek of some of the trades that we were making. Uh, volatility went up on the week, which uh, insinuates that there's some fear coming back into the market. So a potential of things looking like it was in March. Um, so we could probably talk about that as well. Yeah, the volatility also kind of kind of started to go back down a little bit on I guess late Thursday towards the close, and then Friday it kind of kind of stayed about where it was. I I think the um, the UVXY is about forty right now. I yeah. think on Thursday it was up 
to 49 at one point. Now it's back down to 40. Yeah, that's a good point is that the volatility products usually move in the opposite direction of what the S&P moves. If you look at VIX or UVXY or TVIX, so as the market went down in the first part of the week, those products went up. And then as Chris said there, as we went into the second half of the week, um, as the market rose, those products come back, you know, they came back down from where their highs was in the middle of the week there. Yeah, and what John was explaining, um, all them letters and stuff, that's the same as like a stock symbol, like stock Ford has a stock symbol F. He's talking, you're, you're at, you can actually tra um, trade on how the market performs. You can buy shares, which aren't the same as buying a stock where you own part of a company, but you can buy shares on, if you think the market is going to be have a good week, you can buy shares when it's bad. And that as it improves, you can sell those off and make money. And he was talking about the volatility. You can do the opposite of that, which means if you think the market is going to be bad, you can buy the volatility stocks when the market's a little bit better. And if the market gets worse, those stocks are going to go up and you can make money off the stock market actually going down, which is kind of screwed up, but Hey, not, not for short term traders. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, it's kind of screwed up making money on, I guess, bad times or whatever, but I think someone's got to do it. So, uh, might as well be you. Right. Might as well be me. So if someone's got to do it, might as well be me. But another thing to add on to those volatility products is those move very, I mean, they move in wide ranges. So you have to be very careful. Keep, you know, for me, I keep my positions really small in those products just because, you know, if you get too big in those products, it's very easy to get ran over. You know, you can lose a lot of capital and you make a lot of capital. Yeah, the one I watched a lot is the UVXY, which I discussed earlier. I think that's 1.5 leveraged of the, um, the VIX. Correct, the yeah. Volatility index. Um, I think on Thursday it went from between $38 or $39 to like $49. So that's like a $10 difference between the day. Most stocks don't do that. Yeah, which is like a 20, you're looking at like a 20 or 30% move to the upside and then and then way back down uh, closer to the low end of its range, which is a that's an incredible move. There's a lot of opportunity there, but there's also, you know, with opportunity comes risk and it's all kind of built in that. But And it's also one of the things where, especially in a time like this with um, coronavirus, where things are up and down, nobody has a clue what's going on. One of them things that if you get in it and it does go down, you don't necessarily make sure you research what you're doing. You don't have to necessarily sell off your position because I mean, who knows? It's probably going to go up at some point or it may not, but you know, just pay, pay attention. Yeah. And, and also where those aren't companies, they're actually based off of uh, fear more than they are based off of the, the stock prices in general. So they'll act, they actually have some drag built into them. So if you hold them for more than, if you hold them for more than like a month, then most likely you are going to be at a loss and it'll never get back to that point. But if you hold them for a couple of weeks or something, uh, you, you still have an opportunity of it coming back in your way. But it's just one of those things where I keep it very small. And that way, if I do 
uh, blow it up or something. It's not going to drag my whole account down. After this week, if I know Pal's coming up to give a speech, I'm, I'm watching right at it. <laughs> I've seen a lot of tweets uh, about things that he said, some cartoons and things. It's pretty funny. I actually wish I would have um, had this to show on the screen, but it, it, some of the stuff that people put on Twitter is really interesting, to say the least. Yeah, him and Warren Buffett can go straight to hell, but we'll talk about Warren Buffett a little down the line. <laughs> All right, let's get to, our, get to our next segment. Both me and John have played sports our whole life. We're pretty competitive people. So we figured we'd make something into a competition in this game. So each episode on Monday's podcast, we'll each pick one stock that we like for the upcoming week, one stock we dislike for the week, and one stock we're intrigued for. This segment's going to be called Buy, Sell, and Watch. Kind of our version of the popular game, MFK. If you don't know what MFK is, I'll leave it up to you to look that up. But we're going to keep this in terms of, you know, your average Joe on the side trading stocks. So told John we're going to keep it under $50 per share per stocks. Those are the kind of stocks we're working with. Not everyone has a Jewish background and has just loads of money in the bank like John. We're talking about... John's so cheap on money, saves so much money. I'll tell y'all how cheap he is. John is a, a musician. John wrote his own guitar instrumental album. He did not want to pay a studio to record his album, so he bought his own recording equipment. He also wrote a book and wanted to publish the album. No chance he's giving royalties to a publishing company. He went out and got his own publishing stamp so he could publish his own company and collect all the money for it total. But anyhow, <laughs> back to the buy, sell, and watch segment. John, which which do you want to do first? You want to talk about the, the stocks we like or you want to talk about the stocks we don't like? Let's do the don't like first. All right, so this is a stock John don't doesn't like. We'll look tomorrow morning at what the opening price is, and then on our Friday podcast, we'll look at the closing prices, determine a percentage, and we'll compare his stock versus my stock, and whoever wins will get a point. And then at some point, probably the end of the quarter, we'll have some kind of punishment for the, the loser, the person who keeps giving out, out shitty stocks. All right, John, what's the stock you, you don't like for the upcoming week? So for the upcoming week, I do not like silver, although I know this is just for the week, but I do want to add this in there, is that for the long term, I like silver. But for this week, I think silver is kind of ripped to the upside, and I think it's probably a little bit over overbought. So silver is something just to show. What's the a, what's a stock um, abbreviation for that? Okay. So the – Best place for most people to go would be SLV. It is a uh, silver trust. Um, basically, they, I, I think they either hold the future contracts and then kind of divide them into shares or they actually hold physical silver. I think this one holds actually physical silver, but I'm not sure on that. Um, I think they actually hold it somewhere, but this is the chart of it. If we look at the last week, which is the last five uh, business days, it's up 7.7% on the week. That's a pretty good move in for silver. 
Um, so I think that uh, next week, I think it'll probably balance out a little bit more. Um, but long term, I like it. But I don't think that's a I, for me. It's not a buying opportunity here at the at the top end of its range. I think. All right, sounds good. The company I dislike. And I know John showed y'all all the cool screen graphics, but when you look as good as I do, we don't need to mess around with that. So the company I dislike is a company called, and this is just for this week. Going forward, I might change. Next week, this might be my good stock. Who knows? For this week, I don't like the company Tilray, which is stock symbol T-L-R-Y. So Tilray Til is a Canadian medical marijuana manufacturer out of British Columbia. They were founded in 2000. 18. Friday, they were actually up 9%, and they're currently sitting at $7.82 per share. The reason I don't like Tilray is they seem to be hang, they seem to be rising, kind of hanging to some stuff Aurora, Aurora Cannabis or ACB has been doing recently. They've kind of been linked to some of their different um, operations. Aurora Cannabis and Tilray is supposed to have a um, document comes out kind of outlining when people were buying mar uh, marijuana and stuff during um, the coronavirus and whatnot. And they seem to have went up because Aurora had, had went up. Aurora Cannabis actually went up 62.7% on Friday, whereas Tilray only went up 9%. And the other reason I don't like Tilray for this week is because they kind of bolstered their earnings were this past week for quarter one, where they kind of announced how well they did in quarter one. They kind of bolstered their earnings a little bit before, talking about how um, the COVID didn't really hurt them and didn't really hamper their operations. Um, and when their earnings actually came out, they did have um, a higher reson uh, revenue than what they predicted. Their revenue that they actually had was up 5% compared to what they thought it was going to be or what everyone predicted was going to be, but their actual earnings per share, which is what a lot more people look at as far as their performance, it was only, um, it was negative 1.45 per share, which is pretty, pretty terrible compared to everyone else. Now everyone has bad earnings because of the virus here in the last few months, but negative 1.5 is one of the worst I've seen. And they, um, they were lower below the EPS prediction by 76%. So they kind of bolstered that it didn't really affect them, but yet they were earned, um, they were under their, the prediction by 70%, 76%, which is pretty bad. And because they had bolstered it up, their price rose. A lot of people bought it. And now I've, I've seen quite a few articles talking that um, people kind of, kind of bought Tilray based on their documents and that stuff that came out, and now that their earnings are actually out, I look for it to kind of fall fall back down a little bit on the week. And did they? When did they come out with their earnings? And I think it was mid last week or early last week. Okay, yeah, because I know sometimes the companies will announce their earnings go like after hours, and so I didn't know if they had, uh, it, you know announce them after Ernie's on like Friday and then you could really expect the move down. No, I think it was mid, mid last week, but a lot of the uh, marijuana companies, they kind of went up last week. Like I said, Aurora kind of shot up and I think some of the other ones kind of followed be because of that. 
Aurora was up over 60%, like $4 per share. And that is unreal. Yeah, I mean, they, they did really good. Their, their stuff um, looks pretty good. Yeah, Aurora Cannabis is something I actually traded um, about six, well, about six, eight months ago, probably, and uh, done pretty good on it. But then their stock kind of fell, um, and I got out of it and just um, stopped messing with it and stopped looking at it. But man, yeah, you're looking at, uh, I'll put it up here on the screen, but looking at, like you said, uh, in that one day, it went up like 60-some percent, right? Yeah, that's... And over the week, over the full week, it went up 87%. So... Yeah, wh what was that at the beginning of the week? Um, this is saying it was around $5. Five and, eighty. Yeah, so it, five eighty. It over... I mean, it went up $5 per share. So if you... So actually... I, I was about to buy some Aurora on Thursday, and I ended up not pulling the trigger, thinking that the the amount had went up might have been the lowest point, and then it went up four more dollars on on Friday. So, kind of missed out, missed out pretty good there. So, and, and some of these prices are a little different, just because they actually done a reverse split, um, and basically what that is is they had say they had a million shares and then their stock fell to like below a dollar. And they're like, well, we don't want our stock to be below a dollar. So they uh, took like, and this is just an example, I'm not sure exactly how they split the stock, but they'll take like a million shares and for every um, two shares, they'll make one. So then they like cut it to like 500,000 shares instead of a million. And that way it makes their price look a little better. And that's what they done here. Cause when I was, when I was looking at Aurora Cannabis um, a few months back, right before I got out of it, I got out of it and I kind of followed it a couple months after that. It actually traded down, I think, below a dollar. But on the chart, it says 580 because they they go back and change all the numbers after they do the reverse split. Um, so it, it's actually down, uh, at its lowest in the last six months, it's down 82%. Um, from six months ago to the bottom there, uh, and then you just see this huge spike up, and they're down uh, they're down sixty five percent in the last six months after the spike this week. Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of that's from just coronavirus. That's pretty much everything's down quite a, quite a bit just from that. Yeah, yeah, for All sure. Right, so, so, what's the stock that you like going into the week? So a stock that I like going into the week, and I know we're keeping this under 50 or around $50. Um, I like the healthcare sector triple leveraged ETF. And I know that's, that's kind of a, uh, a mouthful, but I like them because I like healthcare. You know, obviously we're in a pandemic, so you would think, you know, they're probably going to do pretty well during this time. But at the same time, I've also, I have friends in the medical field and they say, you know, they're not doing a lot of their other surgeries. So they've actually lost some money, but I just like healthcare in general right here, just because we're in a pandemic and because we're always going to have healthcare. So I picked the cure one 
just because we're kind of keeping this on the cheaper side, but it moves three times what the actual sector does. But if you want to get in for a lower share price per share, you can definitely do this one instead. This is its performance. Um, and it started off weak at the beginning of the week and then came in stronger during the back uh, or the last few days of the week. Um, it was up around 2%. A choppy market, just like the um, S&P 500 um, was last week. But this is definitely one that I'm watching. And um, I actually don't have a position on it here as of right now, just kind of waiting for a good price to get in. Uh, but I also want to mention if you're actually looking at a specific company, this one's, you know, closer to $100, but it's HCA. Um, I like that company as well. It is more expensive, but that company, it moves in the same direction as this one that I'm actually showing here on this um, uh, video side of our podcast, uh, and it's uh, C-U-R-E. Uh, it, it, they basically move in tandem with each other, so either one is, is you know, it'll work if you're trying to get exposure to the healthcare um, service. HCA is one of the biggest in the United States healthcare providers. They own hospitals and, a, 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 you know, a bunch of other things. So if you can't afford $90 a share, uh, this $55 per share um, is a good proxy on that. All right, and a stock that I like this week is a stock called International Game Technology, or its stock symbol is IGT. It's a stock, um, a company in London, England, founded in 2014. They basically design, manufacture electronic gaming equipment and software. Basically, they're a company that creates a lot of these online gambling and poker um, games you see. Um, with sports being out, I know sports gambling is real big. Sports hasn't been in due to the pandemic. So everyone's been at home. Internet still works. So that, I assume there's probably been quite a bit of, you know, stock um, gamblers out there playing online um, poker games. On Friday, this stock opened at um, 6.38 and it closed at 7, which I know only sounds, that's only, what, 62 cents. However, that's a 8.8% increase. So when we're talking about these lower money stocks, a 60 cent increase, you can make a profit on that because you're buying a lot more volume. But the main reason I like IGT is they have their earnings call pre-market on Monday. So tomorrow, pre-market their earnings, which will be their first earning call since um, the COVID happened where everyone's been at home and gambling and everything I've seen, the outlook looks pretty good on IGT's earnings call. So I like them going into the week. They've actually been around uh, for a little bit. I didn't realize that, but... Uh, 2014. Maybe do I have the do I have the wrong one up here? That's right, IGT. Yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, this says this says they went their public shares started trading in the nineties. Um, what I saw, I guess they may have came up with another company. Robinhood has a list since two thousand fourteen. No free ads for Robinhood, but <laughs> so uh, yeah, they might have. Uh, they they might be working under a different umbrella or something. Uh, what what was the ticker? IGT. GT. I GT. 
IGT. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had the right one up there. Yep. Yeah. They have like a North American division too, so I think IGT is kind of their like umbrella father company, and they have like subsidiaries underneath. Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. But yeah, that's the one I I like the the move a little bit on Monday uh, Monday just from their earnings call basically. Yeah, they um, this stock's really got beaten up. I mean. It, if you like if you like this i i think this would i mean i think i mean for you chris is what i mean by you but uh um yeah i mean if you like this one it's definitely at the low end of its range yeah i've read a few articles and that sort of stuff on it people think there's going to be a pretty good spike from from this call yeah i mean because if you look right here this is like you know, in 2009, it's back to those levels. Yep. So, um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I just think with people not having um, sports to gamble on, they had to get their fix in a different manner, and that that's an available way to do it. So what's, sure. a stock, what's a stock that you're, um, you're looking at, but you're unsure how it's going to act? So I am I'm really big on commodities and ETFs and uh, precious metals and things that have multiple either companies in them or they hold assets or they have something um, that's not necessarily a company directly. Uh, Chris is more of the indirect company. So for me, you're going to hear a lot about sectors and a lot about commodities and silver and things. And the one good thing about the, the ETFs that the reason people like them is because say you have an ETF that has, you know, 500 companies. I know there's some SP 500 ETFs. They got 500 companies in them. So they'll move as if most of those companies do well, they're going to move up. If, whereas if you trade a regular stock, if it comes out that the CEO got caught cheating on his wife with three prostitutes, the stock is going down the next day, 100% positive. But if you got the same company in the ETF, probably not moving because of that. Right. I knew you were going there because you had mentioned it like that before. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're a little safer um, as far as, you know, you don't have to worry about the CEO. <laughs> and they, they move a lot too. So like, um, you know, if you buy a $10 stock, if it moves 50, 50 cents on a day, that's a pretty good size move. But if you buy, if you're looking at the ETFs, they're a little more expensive normally per share. But I mean, you're going to get $5, $10 moves every day. It's just going to fluctuate back and forth. It's not going to be 10 cents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, like the like the S and P five hundred, you know, it's a few hundred bucks um, or two to three hundred dollars for that one. But the one that I'm going to mention here that I'm not really sure on is a, a commodity, uh, natural gas. And here in the South, there is uh, Dominion Energy is down here. They just bought out the current company that was down here in North Carolina. Um, the natural gas, it's it sold off um, this week, 
And since it's a commodity and the current economic environment that we're in, we're in a very deflationary environment and that's usually bad on commodities. The dollar has been trading higher. And so as uh, you know, the dollar goes up in value, everything that's priced in that dollar, um, it takes less dollars to buy them. Um, so it's been beaten up quite a bit since um, the coronavirus and before then, but this week in particular, or last week in particular, it, it's been traded way down. Um, but I don't know if it's gonna bounce here and I don't, it, or it could continue to go lower depending on um, how things go in the economy and with the dollar. Yeah. Um, speaking, you, you mentioned natural gas. This is kind of a side note. What do you think about oil type stocks? Right now, oil is low. They're paying people to um, come take it. I mean, you and I both know, I mean, we're not, we're not very old, 24, 25 years old apiece, but um at some point, gas is going back up, and these oil stocks are going back up. What what do you do? You like some of those for more of a like a down the road a long time because there's much there's probably going to be money to be made on there, but no one knows the timetable of when that is. Yeah, that's the hard one. Is that you get in now, you're probably going to have some pain to endure before you'll be able to collect your uh, your riches. Well, I, but, I don't even know that you would lose that much money because they're so low now. You just might stay stagnant for, you know, a yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true, too. I mean, it, it can only go so low, I guess. I mean, we've seen the, the crude oil contracts trade actually negative. Like you said, they were paying people just to take it because they had nowhere to store it. So I've, I've traded uh, – MRO, which is Marathon, I made like 20% off of Marathon because I caught it at the right time. Um, that's a stock that I like. Um, it's kind of traded a couple of dollars higher since um, since its bottom. But yeah, I think oil, I think there's a lot of money to be made in oil. I think I wouldn't start investing in oil until the volatility comes down. And this is something, this is another, you can't trade what I'm going to tell you about right here, but it's a good indication of what oil is doing and the risk that's associated with it. So if I can, let me see if I can find it here real quick. I should have already had this ready, but I think it's OVX, but let me look it up to make sure. Yeah, I know here um, a lot of states are removing the restrictions as of Thursday, Virginia kind of, we're in phase one. I know West Virginia about two weeks ago started, so they're in more phases. Here, here pretty soon now, there's going to be some fear going along, but here pretty soon towards the fall, I expect people to start, you know, traveling again and that sort of stuff. How, it's, it's one of the things where at some point we're going to run out of all that reserve oil, so... Yeah, something to keep an eye on. So I'm going to share the screen here again and show this chart. So this is kind of unreal, and it kind of shows you this is this is another volatility product, and I'm really big on the volatility products. You actually cannot trade this. This is more of an indication uh, product. Um, so you can't trade it or anything, but the importance of it so is you that know, you can, why can't you trade it? Do you, do you have an idea? I don't know. I'm trying to learn as well. 
So this is this one? is just a metric. It, it ticks like a stock, uh, but it's not actually a product. It's just a, it's just like an indication. And there's a couple of those that we'll go over as time goes on. But it's it's a really good indication of of the fear and the opportunity in a particular sector. And there's a few of these. They're not for everything. Uh, this one is OVX. It's the um, the CBOE is the Chicago Boards of Options Exchange. So basically, just short, it takes the the amount, it takes the activity in the option market that's associated with oil, and it runs it through a mathematical model that projects the fear that's in oil. So if you look at this chart, you can see, let's see if I can um, move that out of the way. It starts with, um, you know, it's around 50 here at the at the top here, where my cursor is, and it goes all the way down here to like 24. And so that's, that's the range, and this was back at the end of the year. Now I'm going to show you something that's really going to blow your mind. If you scroll out, look how small, like this is what we're looking at, and then I scroll out and look how big of a jump this is. It goes all the way to 325, and that was basically when oil traded negative. Um, that, that that's how much fear and volatility was in the market. The oil was swinging back and forth so dramatically, and and that's what we call uninvest. You know, you can't invest in something that's swinging like that. It's uninvestable, and that, and that's what you're seeing is that things actually went negative. That when it's super volatile like that, you you really you really, for me, I stay away from that. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to just buy stocks in that industry or that has anything to do with oil. And I actually got out as the volatility index was started to rise because I knew, hey, that you know things are going to get much worse because the fear is coming into this market and with everything going on, I stay away from it. But you can see how huge of a spike this is. And if you go to Max, if you just click the Max, you can see from you know from they started this index in 2007 and it, it was like around 90 in 2009 and you can go up here and it's it's you know it's 312 at its high yeah it's pretty pretty crazy too, too bad. Oil prices, gas is so low right now, and they're telling everyone to stay at home. How convenient. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the amount of money that everyone's saving on gas, if they do have to go out or do something, it's, it, it's, a, it's a substantial saving. Unfortunately, like you said, we can't go anywhere. But this is a great – I can't express enough the importance of this. Is You want to see this start to come down under, like, 40 or 50 under 40 or 50 it's at 76 right now when it starts to go below like 50 or 40 a lot of the fear is going to come out of the market and and as that the volatility will collapse and then as things recover in the real economy that that that's when you want to start thinking hey do i want to get into the oil market or do i want to look at oil stocks or gas stocks but right now it's it's there's just such big swings 
in this market that I would personally just stay out of it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of money to be made in this market, but I'm going to give it a few months and wait for this thing to come down. Yeah, the one thing coronavirus did do is if you get lucky or you do your research and you pick right, there's going to be a lot of money to be made when everything comes back to normal and these stocks just go back to normal. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there, there's some posts that I've seen where people's made unreal money. Now they might have took too much risk to make that money, and you kind of have to question, like, if I see someone post these astronomical numbers, that it's it's almost a red flag because you don't want to take too big. I mean, yes, if you're coming to like gamble and you're just trying to like play the casino, yes, you can like make way more money than you can lose during these times but at the same time you want to you want to do something where you give yourself the opportunity to make money especially if you're coming to grow your wealth over time you want to give yourself the opportunity to make money but you don't want to lose everything that you're you're putting in you know you want this to be like a store of value for you grow your wealth over time and so i have seen some posts where people was making this ungodly amounts of money at the same time if you chase that for a while it, you get it get all it could also go the other way on you. You could just lose, you know, lose it all. Yeah, one one of the stocks that I, I've kind of, I think I'm going to benefit quite a bit off of because of Corona, and we talked about many times, is um, the Penn National Gaming. So I actually started buying Penn stock, you know, back in January when they bought um, part of Dave Portnoy's um, portion of Barstool Sports. And if anyone knows Barstool Sports, they're basically has got out of they they have bad headlines all the time it doesn't really matter because people i mean people are just hating on them and trying to you know create stories and it's not like that they prove that over and over and they're basically barstool sports does podcasts and that sort of um, thing and they talk about um sports they have talked about movies do all that, that sort of stuff, but anyone who listens to them knows that they're almost all of them are huge sports gamblers. Well, Penn Gaming owns a bunch of casinos in America, and they're getting into the sports gambling world. So, them buying Barstool Sports now, a casino has added their own sports gambling podcast basically to their revenue stream. When they were $16 a share before they bought Barstool, and once they bar, um, bought Barstool by February, so like a month. They had jumped all the way to $39 before coronavirus hit and you had to shut down the casinos and then they went all the way down to $3. They're already back up to $19 now and they'll re I mean, they'll rebound right back up as soon as sports comes back. Right now they're doing zero business and they're already higher than they were when they than when they were before they bought Barstool and they're not doing any business except Barstool doing podcasts. Yeah, and you can see that here on the chart at the end of January, I guess is probably when that news came out. And then you can see how it runs up uh, until the coronavirus uh, comes in, and then it's just a straight line down. Big buying opportunity there if you like it, just like you're, you know, like you're talking about there. A lot of opportunity in a and a lot of stuff that if that if if it was kind of expensive before and you wanted to get involved, but maybe the stock was too expensive for you, or maybe there just wasn't a big enough return for you to invest in that. You know, a lot of stuff's coming down. You, there's a lot of opportunity to ride it back to the, to the norm, I guess. Yeah. I was able to get quite a bit of volume. I wouldn't have been able to get if Corona wasn't what happened. And now I think, I mean, my return should be quite a bit better. 
but to keep it moving, a stock that I, I have on my radar, it came, came kind of on Friday. So that's the reason I have it on the watch. When I explain it, a lot of people will be like, well, that sounds like a buy right now. But like I said, it came towards the end of the day Friday. So I haven't had any time almost to like look into it. So I'm putting it on my watch so I can watch over a little bit first. It's a company called Sorrento Therapeutics or S-R-N-E. Basically, they're biopharmaceutical products and they do research and development and create drugs and that sort of stuff. It's kind of came out that they have a basically a three antibody cocktail that's supposed to help treat coronavirus. So when you say it's going to treat coronavirus, obviously most people's like, well, that's a buy. Like I said, I haven't been able to research. They've kind of came out and said that their the treatment might not help the sickest patients, but for like your average person with it, it, it should should help out if you use it in small quantities. So basically from Friday, they went from $4.40 to $9, but then they kind of backtracked towards the end of the day, back down to about, I think they're at 703 right now. So they went way up and then they kind of went back to like a middle point, but they're still kind of, kind of up. So basically I'm gonna watch over that. If they actually do have anything and they start testing it, I mean, the first, first um, company to come up with any kind of, whether it's a cure, a treatment, a vaccine, somebody's stock is going to skyrocket as soon as someone comes up with something at some point. Yeah, and you could probably play, a, a, you know, get a, whatever position that you're wanting to play towards a cure for coronavirus, you could say, okay, this is the amount of money I'm going to play towards a cure of coronavirus. And then you could split it up into multiple companies that you think have an opportunity of doing that. And your your potential upside of one of the companies would pay for your loss of the other ones. And even if the other ones, you know, didn't cure the coronavirus, but they just kind of held value, that'd be an opportunity to kind of diversify in that as a whole. But, you know, set aside a portion of your portfolio if that's something that you're wanting to do and then kind of break it up in a couple of these companies. Uh, like Chris was saying here, this stock was around uh, mid $2 in the middle of the week and then it shot all the way up to nine and then now it's back closer to seven. That's crazy moves. I mean, if we look at the one, like the one day or not one day to see the five, yeah, the five day here. I mean, this is like 150, 100 almost a 200 percent move from from the the start of the week to the top there where it traded around nine yeah another company if um just talking about the coronavirus companies that kind of skyrocketed towards i think it was probably towards last week is a company called novavax nvax I think they're kind of the front runners to actually create the vaccine for coronavirus. I think the government, they've kind of showed stuff to the government. I think the government actually put quite a bit of funding into them. And they, the last two weeks, they have skyrocketed. I think they've been the top performers almost for like multiple days. And that's, there's hundreds of thousands of stocks. I think they, multiple days were the top performers. Yeah. Yeah, and they, um, they they're probably they're probably almost at their ceiling right now unless they actually have something. Yeah, they shot up big time too. I mean, they're uh, see they're up about eight percent on the week uh, last week. 
They were at $5 just on Friday. Wow. All right, so if you want to get into our buy, sell, and watch game, be sure to comment your picks for the buy, sell, and watch. Try to do it before the opening of the market on Monday. And then at some point, we don't right now, but at some point we might have something for someone who wins down the road. But we got, we got to keep getting people watching. So tell your friends, and then we'll, we'll see where we stand. Yeah, it'd be a good game. Yeah, John, um, was there any big news stories from the market this past week that, that kind of you thought was funny or that was just huge news you couldn't believe or anything that you, you want to talk about news-wise? I think – I think a very important topic to discuss is our current economic situation. And I think Jerome Powell came out, I think it was like Wednesday. I can't remember exactly when, but he came out and the market, you know, he, he said this recovery will probably take longer than I guess he was expecting or most people were expecting. And it goes to show you that a lot of people put a lot of confidence in what the Fed was doing because the Fed's been, you know, they've been printing money like crazy. They've been trying to bail out the credit markets and a lot of these companies that basically just didn't manage their business you know, very well. And a lot of people say, well, you know, no one would know this was coming, but at the same time, companies like American Airlines had bought their, instead of saving some money in case something happens, they were using their income to buy their share prices back. So the share price would go higher and then giving each other bonuses within the corporate structure. And then, you know, they had so much gain from that and took so much risk that when something like this happened, you know, now they're wanting a bailout for it. And it, it's pretty ridiculous. But the main point I want to make here is that we should expect this to be longer than what the market is already. Like the market's thinking that we're going to come back faster. And a lot of people say the market, you know, the market's correct. You know, everything's priced fairly. But my thoughts and my trading that I actually publish um, my trading account um, the, my public trading account uh, results and things. And this was something that I'd seen coming anyway. And I think that mo most of us know that, that everything's going to go back to some type of normal eventually anyway, just because the virus, you know, is not going to last forever or hope it doesn't last forever. And, you know, we'll have sports come back and we'll have all these things come back, as Chris was saying. But I think the important part is, is that even if the virus goes away, we have so much debt in the system that it's not necessarily just because of the coronavirus, that we also have to have to be aware of how much debt's in the system and that it's going to take us a while to get through that. Uh, debt that we have to to get back to normal. It's not just about the coronavirus. I think his speech should have been in most of our minds already, uh, but I think so many people put so much um, confidence in the Federal Reserve and the government to take care of everybody that, you know, all, all bets were that everything was going back to normal faster than than I think that it's going to. And then when he came out and said that everyone, I think, was like, oh, you know, maybe this will be longer than it than it than 
we expect. And I think that's why the market sold off. One thing to add to that too, that you got to pay attention to when political people and people like that come out and give speeches about, you know, the market coming back to normal and that sort of stuff. There'll be plenty of companies and sectors within the market that rebound very fast. Like I was talking about the sports market. Once sports comes back, that market's going to rebound. That doesn't mean as a whole, that's a very, very small percentage of the entirety of the market. So when Powell's talking about the market taking a while to come back, he's looking at a lot of these really, really big companies, which basically fuel America's economy. So like the S&P 500 is a big indicator because that's the 500 big, huge companies, blue chip companies. There's going to be other companies that it looks like they're back, but that doesn't mean the market has completely rebounded because they're not really controlling the moves of the entire market. They're just a small, small lamb within the market. Yeah, and, and we're definitely like sports and gambling and a lot of that stuff. I do think that stuff will come back faster than the overall, just everything. And, uh, you know, a lot of people's expectation is that everything's going to come back super fast. But I don't think that's the case. But I do think, you know, the specific things like sports not being played right now, gambling because the sports isn't being played right now, that stuff definitely I think is going to come, come back faster than probably the rest of the economy. But I think people think the economy as a whole is going to come back faster um, than what's actually going to happen, in my opinion. All right, and a new story I want to talk about. It may have been two weeks ago, but not a big fan of Warren Buffett. So luckily, I didn't have that many. At one point when Corona looked like it was going to be a short time, a lot of people was like, okay, these airline stocks are going down. Now's a good time to get them because they're going to go back up. But once, once they accepted the federal bailout money, you got to get rid of them immediately because they're going to owe back to the government for very, very long time. So they're going to rebound. Well, Warren Buffett went and sold off almost all of his airline stocks all at once, not a little bit here or a little bit there, all at once, and basically tanked the airline stocks about $3 across the board. So if I'm American Airlines <laughs> – Warren Buffett is getting a very, you know, a very nice letter. Hey, and also, it wasn't like he had, you know, he has a ton of money under management, Berkshire Hathaway does, and it wasn't like they had 1% or 2%, which was a, a, a few hundred million or a billion. He had, in one of those positions, he had like a 10% position in one of those companies. Of the company, it, yeah. was, it was of American. Yeah. And what he also did is a, probably a couple of weeks before that, he started really talking about the airline stocks going down. So he tanked them then, but then he waited a week when had sold it then. And so he just go ahead and put the nail in the coffin a little bit. But yeah, like John said, if you see Warren Buffett selling a stock, you need to get rid of it right away because he's not, he doesn't have just like a few stocks that he's playing with. He owns a large portion of the company and nothing, nothing may happen at all. There could be a company that's doing great numbers, but if Warren Buffett sells it, he's selling so much stock and taking so much money out of their actual business that their stock price has to go down because he's removing money off of their balance sheet. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of sale orders that come in for something like that, I mean, you're talking about billions of dollars. I mean, when that sale order comes in, the stock just, I mean, it just, it just tanks at that point. I mean, fortunately, where, where I don't fool with individual stocks very much, I was way far away from this one. But yeah, I mean, when you're having billions of dollars and you take that out, <laughs> it's not pretty. Yeah, I think I only had about a 4% loss on it, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Like I said, I didn't have that much because as soon as they were talking federal money, I'm like, I'm going to stay away from this for a second. Let's, let's see what happens. Yeah, and I think that's also, you know, part of my strategy is I al allocate uh, a small percent of my portfolio to, uh, for each position that I put on. So if I do lose in one of them, it doesn't kill me. Yeah, so what do you think about GE? I know GE's a, a blue chip company. They've been coming down a lot. At the beginning of coronavirus, they were talking about making ventilators and all this sort of stuff, and they kind of had a bump. But now they're just plummeting. And from what I've seen from last week, pretty much all the smart money is predicting another 20% plunge, and a lot of people are shorting GE right now, which is not very common. Let's see. I know that before the coronavirus, maybe like, I'm going to try to pull it up here on the screen. Yeah. So back at the end of like 2018, the GE, I think they actually declared, they like filed for bankruptcy protection in the end of 2018 or 19. And I think they came out of it. I'm not really sure on what happened there. I think the shares at one point, maybe back in January, we're up like $11, $12 a share. Now they're probably at like five. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, and yeah. So like at the end of 2018, they got down to like just under $7 a share. And then they kind of came back to, like you said, about uh, almost $13 a share. And now they're at five fifty. Um, but G has been around for ages at, they're pro they'll probably rebound from this at some point. It's just not now. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I mean, I, I feel that a lot of these companies that's been around for a long time, I feel that they kind of get left behind. So, so it could either go either way. Either this company could just go, go away, you know, completely or – you know, they'll turn things around. I don't know. They, they've had some great years and some bad years for sure. Yeah, they're probably the biggest company that you'll see in the news. Okay, the next story I have on here is Elon Musk can do whatever the hell he wants. He's under zero rules. Probably goes back into the, the theory that he might be an alien and all and just runs, does whatever he wants. He uh, cl has closed his Tesla plant in California like everyone else, like you're supposed to. And then all of a sudden he was like, I'm done with this. Get back to work. And, it, and he told the feds and everyone, don't worry about anyone at the plant. Come arrest me if you got a problem with it. And then he got Trump got behind him and everyone got behind him. And he basically won. Plants open. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like you said. The SEC tried to do something to him. I mean, he just the California government. Government. Yeah, he. Uh, 
he just has a bigger you know what than everybody else. What do you think about his kid's name? I haven't heard anything about that. Look it up. Look it his up on kid's the, name? Yeah, show it on the screen. It's it's outrageous. If you ever teachers already have problems with saying names that parents want to get all creative and have a normal ass name, spell it all kinds of different ways. Just wait till they see this kid's name. Trying to find where he made that comp. What, what, he said something about Tesla's share prices or something. I'm not sure about that. He said something. Oh, he said Tesla's share prices are too much or something. Probably they were like Tesla back in January, February, they had like humongous moves. Like one day, I think it was at like 500. And by the end of the day, it was at like 950. And then like a week later, it was kind of back to like 600 or something. But I mean, they were having ridiculous moves at one point. I mean, they're very expensive. I d also, back in January, somebody came out, forget who it was. They predicted that um, – Tesla stock price by 2024 would be like four grand or five grand or something per share. Yeah, this right here, he actually, you know, this is how crazy the guy is. He actually made a tweet about his own company's share price being too high in, in his opinion. And the price like tanked as soon as, it, as, soon as he made this comment. And people are like pissed at him. You can go down through the to the conversation here of just all the comments that they said about him. What the f, Elon? Um, you own the company. Why do you say shit like this? And it, I mean, he probably did it on purpose to be like, I just had a boring night, got drunk. Let me tweet something, see what I can do. Or he was, or he was trying to get people payback for being telling him he can't open this plant and was like, all right, I'll take the stock price then and open the plant. Yeah, he's, this right here, this guy said, dude, I just lost 10K because of this tweet. What the F is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. He's an outrageous, outrageous character. But, I mean, he's a lot, he's a lot funnier than a lot of the other CEOs that are all um, kind of uptight and that sort of stuff. You can get some some real comments from Elon Musk. Did you see him dancing on stage? No. He was at like one of his, um, I don't know if it was a shareholder meeting or just like a product display or something, but it was when Tesla stock was like 900, and he was up there dancing on stage, and they were trying to like compare him dancing on stage to uh, Bill Gates. Yeah, I didn't see it. Well, John, you got any, any other thing you want to talk about on this episode or – um, I can't think of anything right off. I do want to say that the most important thing this week going forward is no matter what you're looking at investing in or no matter how right that you think you're going to be and what's going to happen next, just keep your position small. Um, now, you can use like leverage products to make the outcome of your small position bigger, but just don't use a bunch of capital. You know, try not to go, you know, too high on one bet. Try to, you know, if you're, you know, if you consider them bets, try to keep them small. That way you don't get ran over. We don't want anybody to lose uh, a lot of money. I think that's good advice in general. Um, not really telling you to do any particular thing, just 
try to keep it within reason. Don't put all the money on the line and uh, let's have a good week trading. I'm going to be posting a lot of content um, from my website. Uh, I'm going to do a shameless plug here, uh, Bro Investments. So going to have a tons of free content on Twitter and on my website. So uh, definitely check that out if you want to. And I think, I think that's all I have to say for this week. All right, that's it. That's today's show. Then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube. Um, the podcast should be found also on Spotify, Apple Music, any other place you can find podcasts. Um, leave, go ahead and leave comments if you're watching this on YouTube of any topics or stocks you would like us to discuss, as well as the buy sell watch that you want to put into the competition. Um, I can be found on Twitter and every other social media platform at Chris McBride underscore twelve. John, um, what's yours so people know how to find you? So Bro Investments is my main website for the things that I'm doing. And also um, my Twitter is um, at Braille Invests. Yeah, so, so go ahead and follow either one of us. Um, you'll find plenty of stock. Stocks, um, news, discussion on there, as well as who knows other stuff. I talk about sports a lot. Um, the next episode of the Just Swinging It podcast should be out either Friday night or Saturday morning after the market closes on Friday, of course. Um, and that podcast will be talking about our educational discussion will be about the different types of trading um, between long-term investments, um, swing trading, and day traders. And um, we'll also recap how our buy, sell, and watch stocks did, as well as talk about um, just recap the week in the market. Um, but until then, just go ahead and keep swinging. And um, John, cue the music.